Welcome. In this episode of the Joyful Health Show, we had the honor of interviewing Amanda Reynolds. She's a revelation wellness fitness instructor and the author of Good to Grow. And she talked about how to move and not dread it. We talked about some mindset shifts. We talked about some practical tips and some mindsets and habits to release to start moving for the joy of the Lord. Welcome to the Joyful Health Show. I'm Aubrey, registered dietitian. And I'm Casey, a personal trainer. And together, we're here to help you discover joyful health by grace. All right. Welcome to this week's episode of the Joyful Health Show. We are so excited. Casey and I get to talk to Amanda Reynolds today. Welcome, Amanda. Hi. We are talking about one of the most common questions we get about joyful movement, which is how do I practically fit joyful movement into my already packed schedule without it becoming um, another have to that I dread? So we're so excited to have Amanda here to talk about that with us. Yeah. Yes. Super excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So a little bit more about Amanda. Amanda, you are a wife. She's a mama to two spirited and sometimes spicy young girls. <laughs> a Jesus follower. She's an intuitive eating enthusiast. She has over 20 years of experience in fitness and athletics from a college athlete to a current fitness instructor. And so in between teaching fitness and Bible classes, she's written her first book. Congratulations. It's called Good to Grow. This book is for anyone longing to break free from diet culture, body shame, and food control in order to embrace the fruitful and abundant life offered through Jesus. So, Amanda, we have a lot to talk about, but why don't you go ahead and start sharing your story with us, um, particularly how it relates to movement, um, where your struggle was with movement or fitness, um, how you got started there, and then how God met you there and and what you do as a result. Yeah, I'd love to share. So um, all my life, I've, I've kind of struggled with this tendency to feel the need to do more, to be better, to look better. I, I don't know if it's a little bit of Enneagram one, if anybody studies the Enneagram, but there's always an inner critic in me telling me to do more. And so it really um, came to a peak when I was in my young 20s and I was just striving to eat healthier. And I just kept reading all these scary articles about food ingredients and about how um, I needed to do this exercise or that exercise. And so I just fell down this rabbit hole of never feeling like I was doing enough. And so I just kept doing more and more and more. And eventually um, in my twenties, I started struggling with anxiety and depression. I had no idea how to deal with that. I thought, you know, as a Christian, I should be able to pray this away or to exercise it away. Cause you know, they say exercise is so good for that. And so I thought, well, if I just do more, I can get rid of this on my own. So I think as we all know, like if you do more, sometimes it's just fuel to the fire. And eventually my body let me know that enough was enough. 
and I was physically sick. I had a kidney um, situation going on. And so I had a lot of inflammation. And then doctors told me, they said, well, what you need to do is cut out all acidic food. So these were some of like my go-to like indulgences that I would often restrict, but then binge. And so it was like pizza, coffee, chocolate, Mexican food, like all the things I love. And so I got to a place where my health was kind of just falling apart. Um, I had to take away a lot of foods that I loved. I'd gone through a breakup. So I was at a place where I really just had to surrender to God. I, I can't say I laid down all these things on my own and they were actually taken away from me, right? Like, it's funny how we have to learn the lesson a hard way. Um, but I got to a place where I just realized something has to change. And my health and my spiritual well-being the eating and exercise is not the, those aren't the most important things. Like God showed me that there were so many other aspects that were part of wellness, including like connecting with others and stress management and treatment for anxiety and depression and moving for joyfulness and not just out of obligation. Like my whole life movement was just, um, I wouldn't say my whole life because my childhood, I definitely moved for fun. But once I became a teenager, I felt like movement was just a means to a better body or because I had to. It was it was such a chore. Um, and over time, God just showed me that it was a gift and it, it wasn't always something um, I was guaranteed like through my my kidney stuff. I learned that my body's not always going to feel great. So when it does feel good and I can move, I need to take advantage of it and praise God with that and enjoy it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Um, I just hear you saying that a movement was a chore. And um, that, I think, is something that so many people feel. And they they are trying to get to that place of, I get to, or this is a gift. But they're so used to seeing it in light of how to change our body. Um yeah. So as a fitness professional, can you talk a little bit about just what you've seen, you know, working with clients or um, what you've seen as far as people's relationship to movement and how it is it related? Is it how it's related to their body weight and their body size? Yeah, I, I feel like so much of it starts with the way we talk to ourselves about movement. Like so many people that have come to a class will say things like, Oh, I ate so much yesterday. I really need this workout class or I'm going to be eating a lot or man, they apologize instantly. Like, Oh, I haven't worked out in three weeks. I'm going to be really out of shape. Like there's just so much pressure and, um, negative energy around it. I feel like that's brought to classes a lot and it's not, um, those people's fault. I mean, it's definitely culturally, it's just the message we've been given, I feel like, towards movement. Yeah. So you, I hear you saying the words pressure, and I know you refer to your inner critic. So it sounds like you have that attitude as well towards fitness and movement. So what was like the turning point for you where you felt like, oh, I can release this now? Or, or what did that look like for you? Yeah. Um, it was definitely a 
slow transformation. And I wouldn't say like it happened overnight. And a lot of it was because I got to a place where I was just really broken and, um, my body didn't feel like moving. And so then once I did feel like moving, I realized, wow, like I need to be appreciative for this. This is a get to. And, um, you know, it's not just about how it changes my body. It's about how it makes my mind feel. And it's about, you know, connecting to my body and feeling alive and meeting God in there and and finding that it can be a very worshipful experience to move. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, I feel like that does really shift your mindset when you have a, a season where you can't move. Like I've, I've talked to several people who have an injury. I even know for me, like in pregnancy or with being a mom and it being harder to fit movement in, you really appreciate um, movement more when you get to do it um, and when it feels good. So talk to the woman who has sort of always seen fitness as a have to. Maybe she she's always she's never really found anything that she enjoys and she's kind of always done it like either she's over exercising or she's, you know, stressing out or she just hasn't even tried. Um, What would you say to someone who's in that place is the first step? Yeah, and I think the first step is probably grace, giving yourself the opportunity to receive grace from the Lord and knowing that what you do, your, your um, actions that you do, those aren't going to save you. Those aren't going to make God love you anymore. And so first receiving that from the Lord. And then once you're filled up, the rest is just overflow. Right. And so it's a, it's definitely a place of surrender first and receiving and then overflowing. Yeah. So the, in order to receive, I think of like closed hands versus open hands. So if we want to receive God's grace for movement in our life, like physical movement, um, what do you think we need to let go of as far as the world's expectations with movement and fitness goes? And what does it look like to receive God's grace in the area of moving our bodies? Yeah, um, that's a good question. I think first we need to let go of the idea that we have to move five or six times a week and it has to be extreme and it has to be um, quick results and intense. Like there's, you know, the huge movement right now of CrossFit and all of these extreme workouts. And I think sometimes we think if I'm not like sweating and working really hard, it doesn't count. Mm-hmm. And so I think we need to give ourselves the the freedom to know that all movement counts, even mm-hmm. if it's if you're in a place of life, like respect the season that you're in. And I think that's something really hard. But if you only have five minutes to fit in a few squats or some jumping jacks, like that might be all you can do that day. Maybe you're taking care of little ones or elderly parents or you're working two jobs, like you can only do what you can do. And I think accepting that 
And giving yourself credit for the everyday activities you already do is something really important because that matters too. Uh, yes. Yeah. Letting go of those, like this only counts if I feel like that's, there's so many intensity, number of times throughout the week, um, how long you exercise, all of those things come into our mind. I know as an athlete, and I know you said you were an athlete too, um, there was like for me as a college athlete, there were so many because I came from working out so intensely in college and and really hating part of it. because It was hard. Yeah, it's like that to to take away that mindset of exercise needs to be at least this amount of time and I need to be drenched in sweat to count um, was huge. But I know like one of the things that really helped me is even just learning about the benefits and experiencing the benefits of any movement, sort of like what you're saying, even like a few jumping jacks. So can you talk to um, some of those benefits of just movement in general um, and that they don't have the benefit of any movement? I guess we'll say it that way. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Um, Well, I found that even There's so many benefits of just resting and being still and clearing your mind and taking deep breaths. They've shown that that can be just as therapeutic as an intense workout, right? Like there's just different times for different needs, right? And different movements. And um, I've even read a lot of research. I'm starting to get a little bit older. I'm not yet in my 40s, but I'm getting closer. And I've read research that as women age, and get closer to the menopausal stage that movement that reduces stress is really good for them. And because your hormones are going through a lot of changes. And so taking a a walk or a stroll is just really good for reducing stress. So, yeah, I think that um, daily activity movement too, like they say that there's a lot of, um, sedentary movement nowadays. A lot of us have office jobs. A lot of us sit at a desk. I sit at a desk a lot throughout the day. And so there's there's tons of advantages to just walking around every hour or um, doing chores around the house or parking a little farther from the grocery store. Like just getting in that extra little movement adds up so much. Yeah. Okay. So can you give us a snippet of maybe a day or just something typical for you in your season of life right now. You have, you have girls, you work, you're a fitness instructor. Um, what does movement look like for you in the season now? And maybe what did it look like for you before, just so that we can have some different snapshots of movement doesn't have to look the same, you know, in every part of your life. So maybe what does movement look like for you now? And how has that also like shifted in different times of life? And I would say now my my girls are school age, so they go to school. Thankfully, right now they're in school. Um, and that's given me a, a lot more freedom. I, I work part time. And so I found that like right before they come home from school, I've got a little hour where I finish work and I can squeeze something in. And please hear me. I do not work out for the whole hour. I do not do it every day. So um, I squeeze it in when I can. And some days, to be honest, I, I don't have the time to do it then. And so I might be cooking dinner and watching something on the stove and throwing in some squats at that point or doing some jumping jacks. Like it's 
or I've also found, and this is, this has been really eye opening for me as a mom that, you know, the girls may want to go for a walk around the neighborhood or a bike ride or go outside and play sports. And I've found that if I haven't worked out for the day, I'm more likely to go out there and play with them and get my movement in because I still have the energy to do that. And it's still so fruitful and it counts so much. So yeah, that's, that's what it looks like a lot. Now I will say that when they were itty bitties and babies, I didn't get to work out nearly as much. And so it looked, it, it looked a lot different. Um, but prior to having them, I would work out like five times a week and have 30 minutes to an hour to work out. But things are just so different now in this season. Yeah, I love that. Um, <laughs> that's more like making me feel good because <laughs> I would say like, um, I think the Lord revealed to me at one point or just like put on my heart to like just instead of trying to do everything when your kids are asleep or when they're out of the picture, like how, and maybe this is just to moms, how can you do things with them? Like how these things, these rhythms that are healthy for your life, let's say movement is what we're talking about today. How can you incorporate your kids in that? And so like you're saying, doing a family sport or even like we go, we try to go on like a lunch walk before nap time. And I take all the kids and the dog, um, Right. Cause it can be so frustrating as a young mom. Like I remember when I was still sort of stuck in some of, um, my the old mindset about my body, I would get so mad if my child woke up early from their nap because I, my workout was stolen from me. Um, and yeah. And I just think that grace that we give ourselves allows us to have these shared experiences with our kids when they're not, they don't have to meet this certain standard. So I love that you're doing that with your older girls. Well, how old are your, how old are your girls? They are nine and six. Okay. So not, not older, but they're in that fun in between stage for sure. Yes. Yep. Yep. They're at that stage where they want to play sharks and minnows. I don't know if y'all know that game, but mm-hmm. that game will wear you out. That is the main exercise. Yeah. 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 Just like playing tag is, and like what you were saying, you know, you're like, if I do a quote workout, because really movement is just such a broad term and work workouts the way that we define them are just like a small subset of that. So it's like, well, what do you have energy for that gives you life and return, you know? So it's like, what, what do you need? Um, so like Aubrey was talking about when she was young mom, when I was young mom, it's like, when you're a young mom, you need like, you need energy and you need alone time. And how can you be filled up and how can movement meet that need for you? So, Um, Have you noticed like through your intuitive eating and movement journey, like joyful movement journey that you've found that different movements fit different needs for you or like how it gives you more energy for certain parts of your day versus like fulfilling society's expectation of what a workout should be? Yes, totally. Um, I've, I've also learned like when my body, because I have that kidney issue, sometimes it will flare up. And I've learned that my body doesn't need intense workouts at that stage. It needs yoga. It needs stretching. It needs more rest. And the older I get, the more I'm, I'm realizing that's so important mm-hmm. to listen to because for years and 
I'm not going to lie and say, I don't struggle with that. Sometimes I still do. I'll, I'll push myself when I'm like, Oh, I don't think my body's really feeling Mm it. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I've gotten hurt that way. Like I've, I've gotten injured and I've, you know, stressed myself out and it's just not worth that. Like, it's just not um, constructive Mm -hmm. at that point. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, (laughs) that's, I think, such a, an awesome part of even intuitive eating is that you get more awareness of your body, uh, whether you come at this from the joyful movement first or the intuitive eating first, when you get awareness of your body, then you're able to listen to those cues for all kinds of things. Um, not just hunger and fullness, but what kind of movement do I need right now? Um, so as we're, as we're kind of wrapping up, what are some really practical, and we've already talked about a bunch, but what are some really practical ways if someone's just like, okay, I've rested, I've, I've sort of made peace with movement. I'm ready to start just moving my body a little bit more again, because sometimes we have to rest in order to make peace. Um, we have to take a break, but let's say we're ready to get back in it. What are some, um, just a few quick tips to help them get movement to start that habit? Yeah. Um, first I would say start small. Don't, don't put tons of expectations on yourself. Um, I would say, consider your season, um, give yourself grace and partner with God and ask God, what do you want me to do in this season of life? Um, Sometimes he could be asking you to move your body more. Maybe it's less. And so really spending time thinking about God, what are your goals in this season of my life right now? What do you want me to do? And um, surrendering to that, that I think that's the hard part is it's surrendering. Right. Mm -hmm. And then just being obedient and, and doing what you can and not, not looking to the, to the left or the right at what somebody else is doing, because that's, that's her lane. That's, that's what she's been called to do. And so I think that that's, that's a really tough thing to do in this day and age, especially when we have social media, but if somebody else is running a marathon, that doesn't mean that's what you need Mm -hmm. to be doing. And so I think focusing on, on your stage and your calling is, is really important. Yeah. And we're, when you were talking, I was just thinking like Psalm 23 came to my head. Um, when you're talking about surrender and God leads you on, on certain paths, you know, in different seasons. So I felt out mine. I'm going to read one through three. Um, so Psalm 23 says the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So thinking of the Lord guiding us, like you were saying, he is our shepherd and we shall not want when we follow him, we find our satisfaction. He makes me lie down in green pastures. There's our rest. <laughs> he leads me besides still waters. There's our movement, our moving for joy and re- being refreshed. He restores my soul. There's that all around like health, wellness, wholeness. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So, uh, yeah, I don't, maybe you have some other passages that you really have, um, have come to mind when you've been going through this journey, but that's, that's kind of what I came, what came to mind there. So, yeah, well, um, Amanda, is there anything else that you would like to leave the guests with before, before we go? 
No, I would just, um, one thing that was on my heart before we recorded is just less, less of us and more Mm. of God, right? Mm. Um, it's, it's not about what we can do. It's about what he's Mm. already done for us Mm. and what he's doing through us. Yeah. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. I love that. I'm just resting. I know Casey and I say we rest rest in his grace and move for joy. And we have to receive that grace first before we can move in joy. So that's awesome, Amanda. Um, Amanda, why don't you go ahead and share with us where everyone can follow you, connect with you, and a little bit more about your book coming out soon. Yeah. So I'm mostly on um, Instagram at the wellway underscore Amanda. And the book is called Good to Grow. It's available on Amazon and it goes through a lot of this and it talks about my story and ultimately how the point of our lives is to be fruitful and that we can we can exhibit those fruits even in our movement and our eating. We can have love and joy and peace and patience and and all of those good fruits um, can just be displayed through through our bodies. Yeah, that's beautiful. Love it. Um, Amanda, how do you feel about praying for the guests? Is there, if there's anything that comes to your mind? Yeah, that'd yeah. be great. Wonderful. Love thank that. you. <laughs> okay. All right. Dear God, thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you for um, giving us breath and giving us life and giving us words. And God, I just pray for anyone who's who's listening that um you will fill them up with your grace and your goodness and your love and your peace and your joy and your kindness god um and that from that then we can just overflow and we can we can glorify you through our bodies and through our movement and praise you and understand that, that our bodies are a gift from you and that what you've allowed us to do with them, um, is a privilege and God, we just thank you for that. We ask that, um, that we can just use them for your glory, that we can use our hands and our feet to serve and to worship and, and to love others, God. And so please just um, guard us against the enemy and against the message that we have to always do more mm-hmm. and that we're not good enough if we're not doing so much exercise or eating perfectly or, or doing all these things that we place upon ourselves. God, we know that, that those are lies from the enemy because you call us worthy and it's only through, um, the redemption of Christ that, that we are worthy. And so God, we just praise you. And we thank you for that, for that gift and that blessing. And it's in Jesus name that I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I realized when I asked you to pray, I said, pray for our guests. And I was thinking like guest audience. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, I, you know, in this podcast, we're just going to let God's power be perfect (laughs) in our weaknesses. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, Amanda. Well, thank you so much again for being on with us. And I enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. So in this episode, we talk a lot about joyful movement. 
If you would like some more help with this topic or a deeper dive, we recommend our free Joyful Movement Workout Series. If you aren't sure how to get started, this four-part effective workout series will guide you starting with scripture and ending with prayer. You can find this Joyful Movement Workout Series at joyfulhealth.co slash resources. And please make sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. We cannot wait to hear from you. So until next time, rest in his grace and follow the joy.